All right, guys. So just kind of continuing on kind of the shift in, in the content that I kind of been putting out here around, obviously, we're going through a pretty unique situation right now, a lot of uncertainty that's going around with uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. And I'm trying to take a little bit of a different approach here and try to give some different perspectives on the situation, especially from like owner operators that are seeing the market from a lot of different kind of angles. And one that I thought would be extremely kind of unique because of just the background of the business, the category of the business, and just the kind of the arrangement or kind of the collection of, of different SKUs that uh, LifeAid has. I thought it would be interesting to talk to Aaron Hind and kind of get his perspective on things. And I guess just to throw it to you, Aaron, real quick, just for people that might not know of you, give them a little bit of a background of you personally and just kind of how LifeAid started, kind of where you guys are at today. Sure. Yeah. Aaron Hind, president co-founder here at LifeAid Beverage. Uh, we started in 2011 with uh, my business partner, Orion um, Mellahan. You know, neither of us had any beverage experience whatsoever. I was a sports chiropractor here in Santa Cruz. Uh, he was a certified financial planner. It's really out of ignorance and passion. You know, we put uh, all our chips, our savings account in the, in the middle, started a company and, uh, you know, it was all about providing better for you products that had, you know, functional benefit. Um, but still had that kind of cool, sexy, hip, you know, for lack of a better word, lifestyle branding that the energy drinks were so good at, um, but more of the health angle of the emerging brands like kombuchas and, and coconut waters at the time. You look back at 2000 and you said 11 when you guys started, yeah. and, the, and you think about kind of the alt channel or kind of now what they kind of call it. You guys started out in the CrossFit kind of subculture, right? I mean, because that's where you and your partner met originally. Yeah, yeah. We met in a CrossFit gym in 2009. So we're early kind of to that trend. I was treating a lot of CrossFit um, headquarters, was located in Scotts Valley in Santa Cruz County. That's where my practice was, uh, was working on the athletes. And so got into CrossFit. That's where, that's where we met. And uh, yeah, I mean, we did two things that beverage experts said you can't do. One, uh, you know, we, we created a, a product specifically for the gym channel, specifically for CrossFit, which was way too, you know, narrow to niche at the time. And then we sold only online for the first five years. Where are you guys at, like around on a, on a revenue side? Yeah, I mean, this year, we're, you know, pre-COVID, and we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into that. We're on pace to do 50 million. How many um, retailers are you guys in now? If you include gyms, we're 30,000. Uh, retail present about, about 20 and you know, another 10 with gyms. And what's kind of been the effect that you've seen um, at LifeAid? Being that you guys are in so many different um, channels, I guess we'll kind of talk channel first. Like, where are you seeing um, some of the positivity in your business? And then on, on the opposite side, like, where's been some struggles? Yeah, I'll start with the struggles. Obviously, you know, we, we still sell to a ton of gyms. And what is it? I read this morning, I think 90% of the gyms in the U.S. are shut down. Our gym business is down about 82% as of this morning. So major distribution channel, you know, um, all of our early adopters, you know, basically shut down. So instead of, you know, uh, focusing on woe is us and, you know, our business was screwed, we took massive action to say, okay, well, where can we press? Where are the opportunities? And the opportunities have been in uh, fueling our direct-to-consumer business, which is up triple digits, uh, fueling our Amazon business, which is up multiple triple digits, and then uh, having a new hero skew emerge you know, uh, we really cut our teeth around Fit Aid and the fitness channel, and initially CrossFit and then broader fitness. And that does really well at retail. It's our number one selling SKU. 
our number two seller has always been uh, Focus Aid, our nootropic uh, drink. Uh, but more recently, Immunity Aid has popped into either the number one or number two uh, spot, depending on uh, channel. And that's kind of bringing up an interesting point because that Immunity Aid, you know, product that's sold through had some uh, fans of it. And then, you know, obviously we're going through a global health pandemic at this point, And then everybody's thinking about immune health. It's like all of a sudden, you know, they, all the stuff that they should have been kind of proactively doing all the time. And, and I'm sure a lot of your core customers are doing those things already, really focusing on the immune health and just general health. But you're seeing probably new customers. Have you guys kind of looked at those, those kind of numbers, especially like on your, maybe your direct to consumer and saying like, where are your first time purchasers at? Every day we look at it and, you know, our immune, you know, my personal immune protocol hasn't changed because I've been doing the same thing for, you know, 35 years now. And, and a lot of, you know, what's in immunity aid is based on that immune protocol, which I know to be extremely effective. You know, I haven't, you know, knock on wood, haven't gotten a cold or anything, you know, any sickness in, in probably a couple of years now. Um, we are getting a ton of new to file customers. I mean, typically, we are paying to, you know, con to convert new to file customers through trial programs that are loss leaders, et cetera. This is the first time in the history of the company where we're actually monetizing new to file customers. So it's amazing. Our new to file customers uh, on a daily average have increased between five and six fold, five and six X, uh, what we would typically get. And we're monetizing those. And uh, a large majority are coming in through the immunity aid skew. On more of kind of the larger um, retail channels, have you guys had any issues in terms of people kind of doing this kind of stock up um, situation? Because obviously working through sometimes a distributor and then working through a retailer, there's always those pinch points that are happening. Are you kind of seeing anything that from that from like the retail um, side of it, like with some of the bigger retailers that you guys work with? Have you guys had some of those communications with the, you know, be it the buyers or anything and trying to understand like, is there enough of Life Aid products getting to the people that want it? Or are you seeing like still a ton of empty shelves that should be stocked with with product? Yeah, we're in constant communication. I mean, all the way from, you know, our, our co-packers, our um, ingredient suppliers through the entire supply chain. You know, there's there's kinks that are happening, right? I mean, like we were out of stock for Immunity Aid for the last couple of weeks. We just got it back in stock. Fortunately, our team and our suppliers were able to uh, to react to the demand, and we doubled production for this month. We've quadrupled production for next month. Um, so we, you know, we, you, there's nothing worse than seeing your numbers climb, climb, and then drop because you know you have an empty shelf. So you know, there's a little pantry loading. I think for all shelf stable brands, a few weeks back, everybody saw massive spikes in their numbers. Then it fell off a little bit. Part of that pantry loading, part, part of that was dealing with out of stocks. So really smoothing out the supply chain, communicating with our, our retail partners and doing what we can to assist and get in the store and help not only stock our products, but our guys have been in there and gals have been in stocking, you know, hand sanitizer and soap and water and other SKUs uh, to, to help out anything we can help, you know, store managers do. They're going through a yeah. ton of stress right now uh, with everything going on. That's an interesting point because I've actually talked to a few of my clients and kind of mentioned some of their have some of their sales staff actually go out there and just be a helping hand, like just get out to the stores, the, the stores that they normally visit and make sure the facings look good. And, you know, they talk to the store managers, the ones that they have those relationships with, just kind of raise your hand and say, hey, what do you need? You know, even if it's not anything to do with our business, like what can I 
do to help you right now. It's You don't do it to obviously benefit your business, but it's going to be one of those things where it becomes one of those defining moments where somebody looks back on and says, man, those guys were just really in the trenches with us and helping whatever needs you know, necessary. And then if they can obviously repay that in some way long term, they're going to probably more be more likely to, to do that. Yeah. I mean, we don't believe there's any neutral interactions, right? You're either making an emotional deposit or an emotional withdrawal to somebody's uh, emotional bank account, so to speak. So the more we can be making deposits, deposit, deposit, there's always going to be withdrawals that happen for whatever reason. You know, in our organization, we try to keep those reasons you know, out of our circle of influence, out of our control. So that, you know, something happens with FedEx drops a shipment and breaks a can, right? Uh, but as long as we've built up that emotional bank account, we know that, you know, our customers and our, our suppliers, our retailers will stick with us over the long run. And so, you know, we've always been from the very earliest days, you know, and especially being customer facing direct consumer online only for the first five years, being so cognizant of, you know, what are, what's the customer's feedback, knowing, you know, that, uh, you, you might have a small percentage leaving you a positive review. It was a great experience, but people are much more uh, motivated to leave a, leave a negative review. So going through and commenting and addressing every single review we've ever gotten has been a big plus for us. What have you guys been doing um, inside your guys' four walls, or I guess like now virtually, like to make sure everybody's you know, pushing forward and trying to think about the constraints in a positive way and, and kind of trying to overcome those and, and create opportunities. Has there any been, been anything that you guys have been specifically doing or has it been like kind of a daily touch point? Daily alignment calls, absolutely. Uh, with uh, department heads, with our teams, we have our all hands meeting, which we've had forever on Tuesday. We continue to read our forward looking vision statement. You know, we're, we all know that we're stress levels high. We're making real time pivots, which can be frustrating based on market conditions, but the team's firing on all cylinders. I mean, every single department has stepped up in such a big way. We've had outside speakers come in for our, our Tuesday all hands call. Uh, we're very big on uh, you know, a system called Procabulary, uh, put on by uh, Mark uh, England, a good friend of ours that spoke at our retreat before, which is all about eliminating ambiguity in how you converse with people, eliminating soft talk and negations, focusing on what we can do, what we are doing versus what we can't do. Um, and uh, it, it's been very well received and really elevated the communication at our organization, which as, a, as an organization uh, scales, it's always the biggest challenge. It's always the biggest challenge 100% of the time is uh, keeping that communication transparency, keeping everybody in full alignment. Yeah, I mean, I think that that has been one of the areas that has proven to create winners and losers in this kind of uncertainty is the transparency and, and the level of communication in, in which the organization has with kind of all stakeholders, be it their internal team to make sure that, hey, they feel comfortable, they feel um, inspired to continue to work in a difficult situation, you know, be it with some of your retail partners, like explaining them some of the pinch points maybe in your supply chain or explain, you know, or customers like they see something out of stock that might make them think oh you know they're going out of business or they, you know there's there's things that right. kind of everybody defaults if there's no information they seem to default straight to like worst case scenario you know the the big kind of point around the stock out seemed to be around like toilet paper and um, I was surprised at the major companies not necessarily like getting out there in front of the story and letting people know like Hey, we're we're good. It's just a matter of we got to work through some of these kinks right now. It seemed like they were working off the you know bury their head in the sand type of a situation, which uh, was counter seemed counter to to what 
needed to happen at that point. So I feel like when we get out of this, people are going to look back on a lot of different kind of areas for learnings. But I think the communication aspect is going to be a big area that uh, people are going to look at to, to decide who was winners and losers during this. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, um, the more transparent we can be not only within our organization, but, you know, dealing with our customers and saying, hey, you know, I know you're used to getting your product in two days. It may take three or four because, you know, FedEx is so jammed up right now. Or, you know, how do we deal with, um, you know, the, the all of our gyms that were on a monthly auto ship that, you know, all those products are going out and now, oh, there's nobody there to receive it. So lots of challenges this, this time, but also tons of opportunity. I mean, you know, Amazon, fortunately, we, we really pushed all our chips in with Amazon about a year and a half ago. That's paying massive dividends. I mean, we are the growth on Amazon, both with new to file and, you know, we've got uh, our product now fitting in multiple categories. We've hit the number one product in multiple categories now on Amazon, immunity aids, fit aids, focus aids come into the top five as well. So it's like really exciting, but it's also, you know, the yeah. stress level is high. I mean, you got to be the type of person. And, and I think most entrepreneurs by, by virtue of, you know, the position we put ourselves are in are, that you just, you know, you, 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 you react well under pressure. Like this is, this is your time to shine. You know, it's your time to really come into your elements and, uh, and, you know, create a, a better vision of the future when there's uncertainty, when, you know, people on the team could be very concerned about, you know, losing their job. They're looking around. It's like, Oh shit, all my friends have lost their jobs, you know? And it's like, Hey, your job's secure. Even though you can't be demoing in the store anymore, or, or you know, all the events are canceled. Let's figure out what you can do. You know, you've got a great skill set here. Let's help you out, you know, get you helping the sales team, help you out, you know, with digital marketing, whatever it is, you know, everybody's stepping up and knowing that, hey, I can provide value even though if it's out of my, you know, typical sphere of, of, uh, of my you know, day-to-day duties. Have you guys spotted any kind of silver linings that have kind of happened throughout um, this type of situation? Is there is there things that you've learned about yourself, your team, or something that, like, this actually helped create uh, a huge opportunity in the future because if we would have continued Goldilocks, like you would have never really noticed it, but you kind of had to here. And then that ultimately is going to put you on a trajectory that's going to be even bigger and, and better than you were. I 100% uh, believe that we will emerge from this. And people talk about surviving this time. I, I'm not focused on surviving at all. We're focused on thriving right now. And a couple of things that we've already touched on, I mean, new to file customers, I mean, that's, you know, five to six X more people being exposed to our product line, not only in direct to consumer and on, and on Amazon, but on the retail shelves as well. Immunity aid being, you know, our fourth to fifth bestseller, depending on channel now becoming number two, you know, it's not a new hero skew. Now we have three hero skews instead of two. It's like, there's so much that's coming out of this. And, you know, we also enacted our life aid lift program to support the gyms, give back to the gyms and like figure out like, how can we support them, our long-term partners, you know, our core community in these really tough times. And so getting on the phone, you know, constantly with all my gym owner friends around the country, like, how are you guys doing? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you pivoted here? And like, just trying to be a, a sounding board of, of ideas and, and uh, information that they go, oh, God, that's a good idea. Yeah, let me do that. And, you know, getting people go do, going on online classes, you know, uh, most of the gym owners that I've talked to, and I'm talking more in the CrossFit, more boutique fitness, not global gym, 
they're maintaining the majority of their members. Now, the longer this thing goes on, that could change, but there's members that are still writing their full check every month because they know, hey, if we all stop paying, then there's no gym to come back to. So, you know, that sense of community, everybody's really stepping up in a big way. It's great to see. Yeah, I think with the CrossFit community being so like close knit in the the boxes, being a, a you know one of those places where you you know your friends, you you go through a lot of uh, difficult workouts together, you end up creating strong bonds through those things, and this is kind of that situation where um, you need to have those relationships with your customers, and you need for them to know who you are as an owner, what you're about, what you're bringing to the community, to their lives, whatever, and then if that person on the other side, that customer can actually pay, you know, obviously it's, it's a decision that they have to make if they need that, you know, $150 a month, um, to put food on their table or something like that, then obviously you have to make that decision. But I think CrossFit gyms have a better chance of sustaining people during that to keep, you know, everything going, because I think there's that connection with the, with the gym owner where it's a little bit different in a global gym perspective where you're like, you don't know who these people are. You know, they're just a faceless, nameless organization that, you know, you, you don't want to take the 50 bucks out of your um, thing because, you know, like what, what, who is this benefit? You know, you start to fill in those gaps of like making decisions on like, why should I do this or, or why shouldn't I do this? And I think that CrossFit gym owners um, are well positioned as long as they kind of do what we were talking about before with communication. I mean, they should get out there and, and let people know, like, what are they dealing with? I think there's... Um, there's power in, in in kind of emotional intelligence for people to actually like just be raw and and just tell people what's going on and 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 respect that the people are going to take it and probably offer some help back in that situation um, if you're kind of raw and authentic about it. So I, I glad that you brought that point up because I think that that is um, the gym portion being that it's basically all closed. Like they're probably going to come out stronger than a lot of the other segments of kind of the gym world right now even globo gyms if you look at it, and i haven't seen any of them doing this yet um but i think they should like the membership fees are typically much less than that in a boutique fitness or crossfit so i might pay, be paying anywhere from 10 to you know say 40 50 bucks a month for a globo gym membership which i've had you know, my entire life uh if i was running 24 hour or you know one lifetime or one of the big globo gyms I would, I've got everybody's name, everybody's credit card. I'd be like, come check out a piece of equipment. Here's the value. If you don't return it, you know, it's hooked to your credit card. We're running daily classes three times a day. You know, take all the kettlebells and dumbbells and basically anything that's mobile. And let's keep rocking and rolling here. Because if it's like 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, it's like, well, that's an easy yes to keep the community engaged and keep them exercising. You know, I mean, why not? continue this is an opportunity to strengthen that relationship you're absolutely right when when the brand is is nameless and faceless like we were talking off the air like people want to know who is behind this brand who are the individuals what's the team look like who's the what's the leadership look like you know there's an opportunity for leaders of globo gyms to step up and create a real sense of community around something that may have been like eh, check in check out put my headphones on and see ya yeah i mean i i think that there's a huge opportunity there that a lot of these businesses are going to look back on and say they, they didn't properly um, create, you know, flexibility or redundancy in their business model because, you know, all of a sudden the, the world went completely remote and digital and, and quarantined and they didn't really have anything to 
you know, offer to those people anymore. You know, they didn't yeah. have that omni channel type of an approach. Like, you know, that's why you have a lot of these retailers like a Walmart or Target um, that are that are doing fine, doing great right now because they they offer a lot of options in a in a v- very kind of situation where you have, you know, a Globo gym that's you have to come to my gym and and that's the experience you're getting. They didn't really have like you know, on-demand classes or, you know, these types of things that should have been a more like omni kind of approach that they could have created some flexibility. Um, we've touched a little bit, you've, you've mentioned it a few times with obviously having a huge amount of, of gym owners um, still being supporters of, of your guys' uh, products. And you mentioned a little bit around the Lyft program, um, but can you give a little bit more details about like where that kind of came up and why you guys were doing it? Cause I think that that it's a unique program and I think it's so on brand for what you guys are about. Um, just from like the founding story and everything, I think it's, everybody's looking to try to do something during this time, but there's a lot of people that are doing things that are, you know, they never talked about before. So it makes it a little bit weird. Like, you know, it's not, it's not on brand and not to say that help needs to always be on brand, but it, it would help if you were always doing these things even before. And it makes sense to your brand. Or it's not real. I see so yeah. many, Oh, we're supporting X, Y, Z by taking a percentage of our profits. And I'm thinking you're selling your product at a 50% discount. So how much profit is there that you're taking yeah. a percentage of that? Like, let's make it transparent here are you going to support them or not and if so how much right you know i mean so we've always tried to take a very transparent approach like we want to make you know uh, can we help subsidize your rent you know it's like something tangible so you know with lift program we were you know brainstorming and it's like okay we know the gym business is going to get hammered uh we can either completely retract or we can push in and support we decided to support why, one, because it's the right thing to do. Two, they're our earliest adopters. And, and three, it's in our own best interest as well. If the gyms aren't there when, when, when all this uh, resolves, then that doesn't do anybody any good. Us as a brand, the gym owner, the members, nobody, right? So we're all coming together. Like how we, we want these organizations to, to keep afloat and not only keep afloat, but thrive during these challenging times. So, you know, Lyft was uh, actually my, uh, my business partner, Ryan. Uh, idea of like, hey, a lot of these people are going to still be training at home where we already see some online classes going and everything. They're still going to be drinking Fit Aid. So how about instead, if they're typically were purchasing product at their gym after the workout, they're going to likely start purchasing direct from us. Okay, I buy that. So let's give the gym a unique link and say, have your members purchase through this link and every case that they purchase uh, directly from us from uh, direct consumer D2C model on our website, we're going to give you the gym $15 cash. Okay. No percentage, no percent of profit ambiguity, $15 cash for every purchase. Boom. Pay it to your PayPal account every month. So that's a program we've got going. It's been, you know, extremely successful so far. We launched it about a week ago. I think we're coming up on about a thousand gyms so far have signed up. You know, it's getting out to the membership. I'm seeing those case numbers continue to climb. So it's been a great win-win-win for uh, both the members, the gym owners, and and for life. Kind of going back to some of the things you were talking about with communication. It's like, I mean, people want um, very clear, concise um, 
communication to them and you're saying, Hey, this is, this is what we could do to help you. This is the exact thing that we could do. And we're not going to create a bunch of ambiguous statements around like, you know, some percentage or something like that, that is really just tied to some capitalistic type of mentality that, um, somebody's trying to just, you know, entice somebody into buying a little bit more of things while they're already kind of struggling. It, it kind of, it's a very unique program. And if somebody did or they don't currently go and, and work out at a specific gym or CrossFit, um, but, you know, still want to like support their local um, gym owner, could they attach themselves to um, a, a specific, I don't know if it's a code or, or, or something like that, but is there some way for somebody, you know, say I want to support the, the CrossFit central um, down uh, the street or something. Could I do that by just buying off of a link like that? Or do I need Absolutely. to make sure that I'm a part? Absolutely. Yeah. Any retailer, any just, so this, this program is very gym centric, but it's not just for our gyms. Our chiropractic offices have opted in. Our physical therapy offices have opted in. Like any small business that, that has an e-commerce relationship with us can benefit from this program. So gyms, CrossFit, boutique fitness, you know, even some of the bigger gym chains that, that purchased direct, like anyone could, could take advantage of this program with us. And, you know, it's primarily been gyms, but we're seeing a lot of professional offices as well. Well, I know you got a lot of things going on, Aaron, so I'll let you jump off here. Um, where could people get to know a little bit about you better, like your social media or Life Aids or just about the program, maybe if they're a gym listening to this and they want to kind of join that program? Yeah, my personal is Aaron Hind, A-A-R-O-N, Hind, H-I-N-D-E, most active on, on Instagram uh, and LinkedIn um, for the brand, at FitAids, our largest following on Instagram, or at LifeAid, A-I-D. And then lifeaidbevco.com uh, uh, has uh, all the information that you'd need. Uh, if, you, if you click on uh, customer service, we can walk you through the program. It's, it's real simple to get, to get going with it. And I just want to leave everybody with, look, we, we can control the inputs in our mind here, everyone. You know, like we have an option. You know, everything in life is a choice. We either choose to be a victim and point the fingers outward and say, woe is me, or we choose to point the fingers inward and say, you know, this is on me and I'm going to take massive action. There's opportunity right now for everybody out there, everybody listening to take massive action. Let's focus on what we can do. Let's provide massive value. And as you said earlier, people are not going to forget that when we come out of this thing, we're going to be stronger as organizations, as entrepreneurs, as brands, and as a community. It's very interesting as an observation that it took isolation but it took isolation to bring everybody together. I cannot have said that better, Aaron. This is uh, it definitely echoes a lot of what I've been saying on my end. So I want to appreciate you giving me the time and, and talking to my community. And uh, you guys stay safe. And I wish you guys the best.